a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the Foxboro Supercross Wrap-Up. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Flyracing.com, bro. Please check them out. Uh, Blake Baggett, Weston Pike, Seven Deuce Deuce, Justin Brayton, Zach Osborne. Just a small fraction of the guys that rock fly racing every weekend. And, uh, of course, don't forget the 2018 and a half Kinetic Mesh is out now. The same gear that Brayton wore when he uh, won Daytona. And uh, they make much more than gear, everybody. Mountain bike season is here. So uh, please check out their whole line of mountain bike uh, clothing and uh, accessories for that. Also, too, we want to thank uh, the Maxis guys, MXST Tire, coming out real soon, developed by Jeremy McGrath. Visit, to learn more, visit Maxxis.com. The Maxxis delivers your best tires for your bike, but did you know that Maxxis offers high-quality tires for your car, light truck, trailer, ATV, mountain bike, and more? And the Alpine Star guys, uh, the benchmark uh, in protection, whether it's the Tech 10 boots, whether it's the A4 chest protector, Alpine Star Protects is a fundamental statement for the company responsible for the continued progression of cutting-edge tech and industry-leading safety in motocross gear. Try out the Tech 7s, everybody. I love them. It's my boot of choice. Uh, thanks to those companies for coming on board, and thank you people for listening. I'm Steve Mathis with me on the line. Fresh back from Boston, all of us. Uh, first up, the voice of uh, NBC Sports Motocross this summer, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. Got a lot to talk about, Wygant. Yeah, I was pumped, man. I mean, look, I was actually getting a little bit uh, sleepy when the night show began because of the 5 a.m. wake-up call. And the odds of this race being dramatic and giving us a lot to talk about were very slim. Yep. But, oh, my God, it delivered. It really did. It did. And we had Gronk, too. Um, yes. Also on the line from Fly Racing, former privateer hero, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. Is there? This should be a short one, right? Nothing to talk about? Yep. Yeah, we'll be able to go right through this one, no problem. Easy. Uh, all right, let's get going. we got some kids in the background, whoever that is. It would be great if you could move away from that. Nope, can't. Sorry. Screaming and yelling. <laughs> I cannot believe you can hear that. Oh, my God. JT. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Yeah, I'm used to it, though. That is literally next door to my house. That, uh, must, be a, that must be 100 feet away. Uh, well, okay. Our listeners will let us know on Twitter. Believe me. All right. Like I just, I know it probably sounds like, why are you standing right next to the kids? But I, like, I don't even understand how that's possible. How you can hear that? Huh? All right. It's at least eighty feet. At least eighty feet, because that's the width of my my lot. Wow. Okay. All right. Okay. Um. All right. Foxboro Supercross. Like we said, I'm just back in. Uh, you guys got in a little earlier than I am. Straight from the uh, drive from the airport to do this podcast uh, schedules tonight. So I hope you people appreciate it. We're making it work. Um, 
All right, the pass. That's all there is to start with, the pass. Marvin Muskan takes down Eli Tomac. Eli passed him right before the last lap flag. On the last lap of the main event, Marvin uh, jumps to the inside, takes Eli down, uh, rips off a grip, breaks the front brake lever, hits him hard. Uh, JT, who knew that Marv had that in him? Who knew? Yeah, you know, Marvin's uh, he's usually races really clean, but we've seen him get aggressive with times. It's usually more subtle than that. I'll give him... I'll give him a little credit. He can ride really aggressively, and you really don't notice it unless you're watching closely. But, yeah, that one, uh, he didn't hide that one from anyone. But um, I don't know if he – I heard he was getting fined. I saw Roger and Ian. I don't – I guess he didn't, right, Weech? He did not get fined? Did we how, – How would we know? I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty, yeah. sure, he, I'm pretty sure he was getting fined. Okay. So maybe he's going to get fined for the pass. But he's keeping the win and everything else. Um Kawasaki guys, Eli Tomac, very upset. The press conference why get was epic. Just epic. Yeah, it absolutely was. It absolutely was. Um, it really delivered. It really delivered because Marv made the tragic mistake of mentioning Vegas last year. Uh, and you do not bring that up around the Tomacs. Because, look, there's so much conjecture on this. I, I mean, social media is out of control with the opinions. But there's one thing I think I need to clear up. Many people, a lot of people are on Tomac's side and are pissed at Marv. But some people on Tomac's end are like, oh, that's real rich, Eli, to complain. You tried to take out Dunge last year. You took out Webb at Daytona. You took out Dean Wilson at Seattle years ago. But in Tomac's defense, this is just facts. This is just facts. Somebody else started that every time. Eli feels that Vegas last year was, if Marv's going to pull over for Dunge, okay, fine. Gloves are off. Now I'm going to do everything I can to jack with you in Vegas. That's the way Eli sees it. I, I truly believe if Marvin had not pulled over in New Jersey that Eli would not have done that in Vegas. Um, uh, uh, I don't know about that, but okay. Well, that's what he says. I mean, that's, uh, he's going to take that to the grave. Okay. And, I mean, didn't you talk to him about it after Vegas? Dude, he didn't touch Dunge one time no, all but year. He, multiple opportunities. No, but he would still need help to get to Dunge with the whole bunching. The bunching comes up again. He, but the, my, I don't think he would – I think he would have said – Look, man, I blew it. I'm not going to be able to do anything unless it's dirty, crazy okay. yeah, tactics. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. But yeah. they already did dirty tactics with me, and they didn't get in trouble for it. So now I'm going to do some dirty tactics to them. I mean, that's what he, he literally says that. Yeah. All well, the time. What I think is funny is uh, – uh, Webb started in Daytona. Wilson started in Seattle. Each time, Tomac was merely evening the score. So when people say, hey, why are you complaining, Eli? You take people out. But I think in Eli's defense, he's saying, but I only do it when somebody dirties me first. I didn't do anything to right. Marvin this time. Why did he dirty me? I think it's funny, JT. Um, Dunge admitted to Wygan in some some show they do. I don't know what it is, but some garbage <laughs> podcast. But that um, that Marv gave him the win in New Jersey last year, which we all know that, but it was admitted. And Marvin even kind of insinuated that also. Like, So I think that brings the boil up in Eli even more, the temperature up in Eli even more. It's bring, It's all coming back now, you know? Yeah, I mean, everyone knew. Everyone that knows racing or is really in tune with what's going on knew that Marvin gave him that win last year. That was not, you know, that was not hard to figure out at the time, nor is it now. You know, there was never any real doubt about that. Regardless of what was said or any of that, you kind of was like, yeah, yeah. whatever you want, but we know what happened. No, I, um, I, I just think it's funny. It's coming. Like, that came all bubbling back up, right, <laughs> this, this, this week. 
Well, it did, yeah. I heard he screenshotted the, the quotes that I had from Dunge yeah. to the team. Like, oh, look, Dunge is now admitting it. And remember, the reason I hated the AMA so much last year in Vegas was because the rule book says you can't use team tactics, and nobody did anything. So they're just seething over this, and they will be forever. And they're seething over the Osborne thing. They're seething over this thing. <laughs> oh, I think I think Eli made a great point in the press conference, though. You know, there was a lot of anger, and, and a lot of the comments that were going back and forth are kind of useless like there's a there's emotion and Eli's pissed and Marvin's getting mad and but they're not accomplishing anything or really making any valid points other than just they're angry but I do think Eli made one really good point was that on these fines and the penalties they're not they're not accomplishing anything they're almost just doing it to placate someone who I don't really know who they're trying to placate because the the victim in the scenario doesn't feel like they've been justified at all. It's just like, hey, let's let's get five grand of this money back or whatever, because it's not doing anything. And I thought Eli's point was really good as far as you're not accomplishing anything. If if no, it's only going to cost us five grand to clean somebody out. We'll do that every time. Osborne was fined seven grand. You think he cares one second about yeah, that, seven thousand yeah, dollars? But we just haven't we haven't really heard that voice on that. Yeah, level where it's a press conference in front of everyone because it's totally true. If you're going to just find people five grand, to even ten grand, he, you know, he made the comment that that's a drop in the bucket, and he's a hundred percent right. It's like that's nothing. Like if you're, if I'm going into this turn and I know that all I'm facing is a five or ten grand fine, but it's going to cost, it's going to get me a win. I, yeah, sign me up. I'm in. Like I'll yeah. do that right now, every yeah. single time, every race of the year. Um, yeah, I mean, how much money did Marv gain by making that pass? Fifty thousand, seventy-five thousand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he was getting second. That's probably fifty, and then he got another fifty for the win, and then all the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was. But um, you know, Kawasaki's point is, and it's been, and I don't, and I don't even know about like for this deal, they've just said take fifteen points away. Rough riding, fifteen points. That's what you take away. Fifteen points, and watch it stop. Watch all of that stuff stop. And they're right, it would. But let's get back to the pass. Look, I. I'd be hypocritical to sit here and be like, oh, my God, that's so dirty. Oh, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, look, it it was dirty. But we see that in LCQs. Anderson did it to Marv. It's dirty. So, but at the other hand, like, oh, well, like, what are you going to do? Like, Marv's got it coming now. Frontier Justice is now in effect, and Marv has one coming. But I don't feel like Marv should have the win taken away. I don't feel like there should be points taken away like the, the Kawasaki guys do. We see that in LCQs all the time, and we go, oh, this is so awesome. Uh, think about all the guys that got blown out at the end of the whoops yesterday in, in Boston. Um, so, like, like it's, it is what it is. But here's what I didn't like. Own it, Marv. Own it. He refused to do an in-stadium interview. He told the guys no. Um you know, his press conference, although I haven't watched it, I read some transcripts and I saw some things. In press conference, he kind of tried to back away from it. Like, hey, I've been taken out too. Just own it. That's my biggest complaint with this. Uh, Weech, what do you think? Yeah, I think I agree with you on that one. Well, he, I, I will say that Marv, I, I didn't realize he didn't do the stadium interview. I was waiting and waiting, and I'm like, did I miss it? Uh, but he did the TV one, and he was in the press conference. He did go so far to say, look, it's a 450 Supercross win on the line. I'm going to try. So he, in that sense, he was somewhat owning it, saying, yeah, I'm going to go a little over the line. It's to win a darn race. Um, but he got way too far in the weeds. Yeah. I understand his point of saying, like, this stuff happens all the time. 
but it was getting worse and worse. Like Anderson wanted nothing to do with this. He was so happy that there was this drama going on that he had nothing to do with. And then Marv had to bring it up in the press conference. He brings up Oakland and it was like pin drop in the room, like, oh. And then even better, Marv says, look at Zach. Look at what happened to Zach in Vegas. And it was like, oh. <laughs> I'm sure Zach is like, don't, please, please, please don't drag the Zavachi thing back up. I understand Marv's point. He's saying, look, I'm not doing anything that other people haven't done, and it's to get a win. But he didn't – I guess you're right. He didn't come right out no, and say it. He had no. a few other explanations, no, just, too. Just, yeah. just own it, man. And, and Eli has every right to be upset. Kawasaki, oh, yeah. Kawasaki does, too. Yeah. Like, I got no problem with that. I, I, yeah. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be there and be like, oh, what are you so mad about? That's racing. That's not really racing. But on the other hand, that's a pass, JT, we see a lot. Well, maybe not a it lot. It's and, not a lot. Maybe, and, you know, uh, yeah, fair amount. It happens, though, and I, I think I actually agree with you on the fact that you just own it because if you try to justify it, the people that don't see it your way, you're never gonna you're never gonna convince them with any sort of you know uh, logical or illogical argument that you make. You're not gonna win that argument, and the people that are already on your side, they're already on your side. So you're really not accomplishing anything either way, other than just dragging other incidents into it, and an incident like. Uh, Vegas, which he wasn't even involved in. Now you're just stirring the pot where, and you know, uh, we, you made, you mentioned this. That's really where this press conference got ramped up is when Marvin brought Vegas back into it. Uh, Cause I think Eli was pretty much done with it. Like Eli's going to do what Eli's going to do moving forward. He's going to, you know, he's either going to not do anything or he's going to take him out or he's going to wait for his opportunity or whatever. I don't think anything was going to change, but he really, you know, threw gasoline onto the fire when he brought Vegas back into it and he brings Osborne into it and all these things that are completely unrelated, trying to justify his own move. Uh, I, I just and, didn't really see any any point in that. Like, you're just kind of wandering at that point. I mean, do either one of you think that those type of passes should be cracked down on with 15-point penalties? Or like in an LCQ, when we see that pass, which we've seen it all over and over, in an LCQ, should they just be like, hey, you don't make the main, that guy that you knocked down does? Like, do you, either one of you think that that's what we need to do? Um, I love it. I don't. I love it, man. I don't I think, know that. What you know love? What fifteen points? You love the penalties, Weech? No, oh. no, I, no penalties. I would hate to see this type of racing go away. I understand. Again, you're right. If you're Cali and you're Eli, you're pissed. But I don't know. It made the race exciting. And again, <laughs> nobody got hurt. People will run that argument. They're like, we got enough guys hurt. We don't need this. No one. How often does anyone ever get hurt with this stuff? No, the the T bone is where people gets hurt. Where people get hurt. That wasn't a T bone. Yeah, yeah, and these LCQ bet. When was the last time someone broke their leg in a battle for their last transfer? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I hate to say it. If you're Cowie, you're going to be pissed. For sure, I get that. But me watching on the outside, I'm like, this is part of racing, and that's what makes racing badass, that they can do this in this sport. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> JT. Uh, I think there's got to be something done about it because you don't want guys taking this into their own hands. You want there to be some sort of consequence because if, you know, we've seen this play out where there, if there are no consequences and guys feel like they need to handle it themselves, that's when you get a situation where Weston's pounding Vince Freeze's face on national television because he feels like there is nothing and no one's even going to do anything about this, so fine, I'm going to handle it myself. And I don't think you want that. Um, what I have a hard time with is some silly stuff, too, where – uh, we see penalties like, you know, Jason Anderson was handed a win uh, in Detroit, you know, two years ago because of 
I thought a silly, a silly penalty. You know, he caught air over a jump. Um, but then you go and clean somebody out for the win, and nothing happens to you. So I just see a little bit of. Uh, well, they, they, to be fair, they they changed the rule. You know, like that, they realized that Anderson getting that win was wrong, and they changed it. Yeah, no, I know. I just I think we you know we're willing to take a win away from somebody there, but a last lap just you know yeah. I don't know what to call the move, but there's no way Mark wins that race without that move. And, and we're talking about it. And and stop with the Eli left the door open, everybody. Oh my so, god! Was no, yeah, there was no door. <laughs> no, forget about leaving the door open. So, there was no door. Stop with that. Eli should have known better. He went. He went practically went in the lowest rut in the bottom of the berm you can, and there was a double coming out of that turn that he had to jump. Like so, yeah. D- stop that. Yeah, there was literally nothing Eli could do. Like that's the way those corners are built. That's the way they're designed. Yeah. If you want to clean a guy out, you just can't. There's no. He yeah. he went as low in the berm as he possibly could. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing he could do. Yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting. <laughs> it had a lot to it. Well, you nailed it. That's my that's my whole thing. I hate to say this, but it was exciting. And if you're going to start doing the 15 point penalty, good lord. So now you're making a judgment call on what pass was over the line or not over the line. How? You, can you imagine the controversy that you're going to get out of that? Yeah, no. we felt that one was aggressive enough, but well, we, this other one was just as bad. You didn't do it. Well, that one, I don't know. Maybe. How do you determine that? How do you determine that? The first time, the first time that penalty was handed out, you would be in appeals and lawsuits probably till the end of the calendar year. Um, that is almost literally what happened, if you remember, when uh, Wyndham did that to Villaman, and all of a sudden they actually yep. did it. The yep. Steve Whitelock regime did it, and Wyndham literally was in court for what? It probably was three months later that he got his points back? Yeah, 10-point penalty. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly, JT. Like, there's no way. If they took 15 points away from Marv in the win last night, is KTM going to go, oh, that's cool? Well, I bet they challenge it more than they did with Brock right now. That's my <laughs> That was my whole point with the with the bunching in Vegas. Do you think if Eli had knocked Dungey down and won the title, that KTM was just going to go, oh, that's cool, that was just racing, I guess? No. Hell no. Um, yeah, you're just well, really I'm opening Pandora's we're... box to do that. Now, this is this one's pretty cut and dry, I get. But then you're going to have a not quite as aggressive, but the dude still ends up on the ground pass, and then it's going to be like, do you take the points or not? How do you decide? And whatever decision they make, one side's going to burn the stadium down. And again, we see passes like that, and I don't want to say all the time, but quite a bit, you know, in LCQs and here and there. And and well, no, nobody says anything. It just happens. And we just go, oh, that's bad. Like, that's dirty. That's bad. <laughs> I, I really have a hard time when I hear people talking about the, the Tomac and Dungy thing, even to this day about last year, about Tomac tried to take him out ten times. No. Eli, if Eli wanted to take him out, he would have taken him out. He was doing everything he could to not take him out and also slow him down because he knew that if he went and just cleaned him out, that wasn't going to stand anyway. So he was in this weird place. If I can't knock him down, but I've got to slow him down and stop him over and over and over. So, if, if any if anyone out there thinks that Ey was legitimately trying to knock him down and just couldn't, uh, yeah, they they haven't been they have never done this at a high level, or they just haven't watched enough because guys can knock people down if they really want to. So now you know we're in a case where, again, like I said, the top, like this is this will all sort itself out because Marv's got one coming. And, and and there's zero chance that Marv engages with Eli at all, in my opinion. He'll just like just move out of the way from now on. Here on out. Uh, Marv's moving out of the way. That's my prediction. 
because Eli is going Forever. for him. Forever. Forever. <laughs> uh, Marvin Muskan jumping off the berm into a net for no reason. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I get I get everybody at Cowie being mad, but, uh, and it was a dirty pass. It was dirty. But I don't think you can do anything other than just. How much of a fan, how much of a fan do you think that Kawasaki is of Alden Baker's program and their riders right now? <laughs> I don't know if anything to do with Alden, but. Yeah. Well, it's his crew. It's their, It's his, his. Two of his main guys are the ones that they have had the biggest issues and, with. You know, and I thought Anderson's pass on Marvin Oakland was dirty also. Maybe even worse than this one. You know, it's a higher speed. But uh, I thought that was dirty. And I'll just yeah, I'll just own it, you know, that way. Like, I I, I just don't know what you can do, though, man. Um, I mean, you know, I guess it ends up – it could escalate, like you said, JT, and just keep getting worse with these guys. You know, but uh, at some point, someone will put some sort of stop to it. But I mean, at bottom, I mean, these guys got to win races and that's get points, and that's the bottom line. So, well, the freezy thing—that's our one example of where Pike did feel like he had to take it in his own hands. But I think we can all agree. Oh no, sorry, no, JT and I will agree that there were so many freezy transgressions that yeah, at that point, somebody should have stepped in and did something. I know, Steve, it's all in a vacuum, and they're. There can be 15 things that have ever no, no, happened no, no. in the, 15 the, weeks, but they're all separate. No, the freezy, the freezy move on Pike was, <laughs> was dirty. That's dirt. What, what Pike did to, when he beat him down was was dirty. Yeah, but it's also a, a result of the buildup of many, many, many previous run-ins between those two. And I get it at that point. You, I, I do expect somebody to step in or take points or whatever. But, but uh, Marvin's done it one time, and he's not going to do it again. So I don't know how you – I'm just so worried that if you – what are you going to do when you have a pass that's ten percent less dirty? How do you make the judgment? Yeah, I know. Yeah, maybe they, maybe they just do what they did with Freezy in two thousand ten or eleven. He showed up to Seattle and they just said uh, no. He showed up to Salt Lake and they said, yeah, no thanks. You're not, you're not racing this weekend. Yeah, it's not going to get to the point yeah. like that with these guys, you know. But but look, um, Eli took Webb out just like this, and yeah, we you know Eli said he was retaliating. But what did Cooper really do? He moved over on him, which was a little dirty or whatever, but nothing happened. Eli survived. He didn't go down. And after the race, Eli could have gone up to Webb and said, hey, man, that's not cool. Uh, If you do it again, we're going to have a problem. Or, hey, John Gallagher and AMA, like, watch this kid. Or There's a lot of ways you could have handled that. Eli chose to handle it, frontier justice, much like this move. And we all just went, okay, we get it. And, and And I got it, too. But... You know, so it's it's the same kind of deal to me. It's the same same thing. Cooper probably wasn't that happy, you know, but uh, Eli certainly didn't have to do that in Daytona. Yeah, but there is a difference between he cross-jumped me twice, he did me wrong, so now I'm just going to – now it's tick for tat or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and Eli was very clear with this. He's like, I passed him clean. I didn't touch him. I didn't start it. So – I understand you're right. He didn't have to take Webb out. Yeah. But there is a difference between someone there's started a, it and then you retaliate versus here no, where there's a Eli diff- started nothing. There's a difference, but I'm yeah. saying Eli's done the same move. You know, Oh, he's yeah. done it many times. Right. Like I said, people were referencing. I mean, he really ruined Dean Wilson for many, many years with a shoulder injury, but Wilson hit him first in that race. Yeah. But, yeah, he definitely knows. <laughs> Maybe that's our proof, like JT said. If Eli wants to knock somebody down, he can't. Yeah, he's done it. Oh yeah, he's fast enough. So you know, he's got everybody covered that way. So, 
Um, it's not hard. If you don't care about the person and your sole intention is to knock them down, it's not, it's not difficult. Anybody that's in, you know, let's just say even the main event, they know how to knock people down. It's, it's, they're trying to make the pass a lot of times without knocking them down, even if they have to make contact. But if your sole intention is to go in and knock the dude down and that's all you're trying to do, trust me, these guys are very capable of that anytime they want. The coster is just like, oh, God. First tickle, now this. <laughs> so Yeah, I was wondering, is there any celebrate? Do, is this the type of win? Like, like every win is celebrated, but you almost feel like, do you celebrate this one, or you're like, uh, let's get to the airport? Yeah, I think you just go to the airport. You, you just, you're like, hey, yeah, that's awesome. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Hey, we won, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Marv's got one coming. You know, and, and, and I think all of us will just go, yep, there it is. <laughs> so, um. All right. Anything else on that? Anything? I would I would love for Eli to do like Bradshaw did with Roy Jansen. You know that famous story where he just hands him money and like here have some more because I'm going to do it again. Yeah, that would be awesome. That was only five hundred dollars though, <laughs> or whatever it was. Just like you know, hand him a check, write him a check out of his backpack, yeah. out of yeah. his personal checkbook, and say here's five or ten grand. Uh, I just want to prepay this. Yep. I uh, I gotta say like. On a surprise that Marv did that, I'm at a nine, a nine five. You know, uh, I know it was for the win. I know it was last lap. I know he just got passed after leading 22 laps. Still though, very high, very high surprise factor for me that Marv did that. <laughs> but he's got it in him. The leopard seal. We leopard got a, seal. Yeah, yeah, we got a tweet yesterday about the leopard seal. He's very aggressive towards humans. So. <laughs> um. So we uh, same thing. Wees, you you surprised? I absolutely was not expecting it at all. I'm like, unless Eli screws this up, Marv blew it. Like he's going to lead every lap except the last lap. Yeah. But no, I did not. I, yep. In fact, I wasn't even watching for it. Even though that was one of the few 180s left, I wasn't even. I think I was looking at some some other rider or something else at that point because I wasn't even like, oh, let's watch this one turn where Marv has a shot. Yeah. What about you, JT? I knew he was going to try something, um, but it comes down to the fact where Eli didn't leave the door open. I think that's really clear. So I didn't expect it in that spot, if that makes sense. I thought that, you know, because Marvin, a lot of times when guys get passed with a lap to go, they, they kind of have a defeated body language, and they're like, oh, man, I, he got me. Marvin didn't seem that way at all. He was and even made mention of the fact that he felt like he could – he could retaliate or respond on that last lap. So I was kind of waiting for a move. I just didn't think that he was close enough uh, coming down the rhythm section because he was, I don't know, 10 feet back coming into that turn. I didn't think he had really the angle or was anywhere really near him enough to make a solid move. And that's, that's why it went so poorly is I think Eli was also like, he, he, he knew he wasn't close enough to make a move there. So that's, that was really the surprise of mine. It's like, man, you didn't, you weren't set up there. Like that was, yeah. that was kind of a last, last turn type move where, you know, it's last turn, last spot more than um, I would have expected halfway through the last lap. He just didn't have the angle yet. Like it wasn't set up for any kind of pass other than just a complete torpedo. And they're almost hit head on, you know, it was the, the angle was so bad. Uh, the, as far as the race itself goes, it seemed like Weege, Either guy could put the hammer down and pull away or catch, and they did at different points. You know, it was a little bit of a weird race that way where it looked like Eli was okay around, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 laps in. Eli got pretty close, less than a second, and 
And you're like, okay, well, this shouldn't be too long. And then Amar stretched it back out again. And and then Eli, like, almost looked like, oh, like there's one and a half laps left. Watch this. You know? that As far as the race goes, it was uh, a little bit of a yo-yo with either guy showing, you know, really impressive speed at different points. Yeah, absolutely. There were probably maybe three or four different points of the race where, like, okay, Eli's going to get him now. And then, wait, he's not going to get him. And then, oh, man, the two times they got into this horrific pack of lap traffic and you're like oh marv's definitely screwed now and even worse they weren't just lappers they were lappers that were crashing yeah and, and lappers that were battling that they were battling like yeah. Was, yeah what was there five riders i think in a in a group um like craig chad a bunch of guys and somehow he managed to survive all that and in fact somehow i think he actually by the time they both got through the lappers marvin was further ahead yeah I, so that was another moment where you're like, oh, he's dead meat now. He's not going to get through these guys, and Eli's going to get him. And then, yeah, let's say three laps to go, I'm like, it's over. Tomac's not going to get him. And then what the hell? He made up so much ground so quickly. So, yeah, then it makes you wonder, could he have done that all along? Was he? I think it was a lot of his byproduct of the track, and it was changing a lot. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could just take some chances if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, JT, after the race, I asked almost everybody about the track, and guys were just mystified. Like, it was hard pack. It had some pockets of air pockets that got soft and spongy. It had ruts. It had a hard base that was like Anaheim's, one guy told me. It was just really weird. Guys are like, oh, man, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I walked the track in the morning, you know, at 6.30 a.m., and it was pretty muddy, and, you know, but it's so nice when they work, work the track in with the dozers and roll it all in. It looked pretty legit. But then I walked the track again uh, at around 10.30, and, man, it had changed a lot. It was really hard-packed, uh, like, before the finish line, like, in the turn before the finish, just crazy hard-packed. And then uh, the section right coming out of the first turn, right in front of the start, was like a sponge. Like, it was like quicksand. It's really inconsistent. Yeah, I would – I can imagine those guys were having a hell of a time trying to predict what it was going to be, you know, um, not only lap-to-lap, lap, but just around different sections of the track. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Anderson, um, what was he like in the press conference besides being like, I heard he was like the, uh, that Marvin and Eli were the parents arguing and he was the kid in the back. That's what someone told me. He was just the, the kid in the back of seat. But Well, he was cracking jokes um, because when uh, Eli said, you know, who decides this? Who decides what kind of passes over the line and what the penalty should be? <laughs> Anderson just says, well, I think Gallagher usually does, and he makes great decisions. Oh, boy. <laughs> awesome. Um and yeah, I think several times, like, oh, don't bring me into this. Don't yeah, bring me into this. Yeah. But um, he got this wor- was the first. Well, he got worked. He got worked. It was surprising, man, how far back he was. I mean, Eli got up slowly in his typical thing, gave a thumbs up, walked around a little bit, took his, picked up his bike, and still got second. Yeah, rode without a grip for you know three quarters of a lap. But I think this was the first race, truly, where Anderson just put the sword down and said, you know what. I can wrap up the title next week. This track is sketchy. Just forget it. I don't feel like he's done that. Maybe he's backed off 1% or 2% at a few moments throughout yeah. the season. But this was the first true back-it-down, I think, moment. He wasn't even interested in, well, in taking any risks. Uh, if you talk to some people in Anderson's camp, they, they said he's been backing it down all year long. And I'm just like, ah, I'm not going with that way. I'm not going with that. But that'll be the, that'll be the theme, you know. He's been riding with his title since, you know, on his mind since round five or whatever. To a degree, I'd say yes, but not like we saw. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last night. Um, Baggett rode around pretty much by himself, JT. Like Baggett, riding by himself, doing laps. 
Scott Forth? Yeah, you know, and, and part of that is the field is pretty depleted. You know, Christian Craig went down early, too. He would have been another guy that would have been in the mix. How would you feel about that crash, JT? Uh, not great. Not great. <laughs> It was on my team. It was, uh, yeah, it didn't help me, especially when you get to 11th and I need 10th. Uh, but, um, yeah, it was one of those things where you could really feel the lack of depth because the distance between first to fourth was like 45 seconds or something crazy. Yep. There was really no racing going on, and there was no one to challenge uh, Baggett and, you know, up to fourth and the fifth. And, yeah, it just. It was one of those nights where I was like, man, if, you can really tell guys are out. Tickle goes out. and If, you know. this, uh, if this pass doesn't happen, it might be an all-time snoozer. Right? Like, Yeah, at least, <laughs> at least those two were close to each other. Yeah. You know? But yeah. there, there you could really – it's the first time I've really felt it, honestly. Like, we've, we've talked about the injuries, and we've known it's going on, and we've known all these guys are out. But besides the first two guys, it was the first time I'm like, holy cow, where the hell is everybody? Yeah. Uh, Pike came from a ways back to catch Mookie late. Good job for him. Dean got fifth. Dean Wilson, good job. Dean went down in the whoops. First practice looked like it was going to be serious. Holding his arm yeah, or wrist I or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And Ben LeMay went down too hard. And, dude, he was out. And I texted with him, and he didn't really say much, but I'm glad he's up. Ben Le- Ben's a good dude, and it was scary there for a minute. Um, Barsha, how did Barsha not get docked? He finished two seconds, I think, ahead of Chad. Yeah. He he he, did he did he crash on the triple? Did he get up? What did he do? He missed the triple, right? Uh, he got punted over the berm by Pike. Yeah, and went around the triple. Went around the, the triple. Yeah, hung, on the starts. Start. Hung a right before the sand. Just hung a right. Correct. Yep, and went on on to the starting gates. Rode the starting gates sideways, then cut through the mechanics, and then back onto the track. Yeah, how how is that not penalized? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I would have thought for sure he was getting penalized. <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, how do you cut the? I saw the end part of it. I'm like, what's he doing? And so you I didn't want, see. You want my honest answer? You yeah. know why I don't think he got penalized? Nobody saw it because they were way too busy dealing with Eli and Mark. Well, I, I don't think anybody saw it. They would have penalized him. I think if they had saw it. Well, I don't know how they could have missed it. He rode right through all the everybody. I mean, he was like on the starting gates. Like he was in the middle of all the people. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't they know. They had it on TV too. Hey. Yeah. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's that, if if Anderson gets penalized just one week ago, you know, for for not even nearly his doing what 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 Barsha did, Barsha should be penalized. I mean, does it matter? Barsha gets tenth. Chad gets ninth. No, I think I think that's it. I think they're like, ah, hey, what place did he get? Uh, whatever. We got we got the DYMR thing. Like whatever. It, it, who that's, cares? If that's like, what I really they, think that's what it came down. If to. that's what they said, that's bullshit. But. It probably is right. <laughs> no, I think that's really what reality was. Whether they said that or not, I just think it just was like, yeah, whatever. Like, probably didn't change anything. Now, what are we going to do with this Elon Mark thing? <laughs> if that's true, that's absolutely pathetic. I mean, if you're you, you can't say it matters more for one position or another. It's either legal or not legal. Like, yeah. Uh, for first place, it's different than if it's for ninth place. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, what else? Uh, Vince Freeze was really good for, geez, for half the race. Uh, right up there, riding fifth, and he said he got uh, got a little bit pumped up. He said he hit a there was a massive braking bump on the landing of the triple that 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 kind of took the wind out of him a little bit. He said it was huge and uh, dropped back a little bit. But for the for the first half of the race, Freeze was riding really well. 
Uh, Craig came from dead dead last to, to 11th, like we said. He whole shot the main just one week after we asked him on the Pulp Show about what happened to his starts. Um, you could see how mad he was Yeah, he crashed. Like he was, he, he was like shaking his fist. Because he, yeah, I was, I was flashing through my mind. I'm like, yep. He was waiting to get his starts back. He nailed it, and then he blew it, and I, he was pissed. I told him in the post race interview, I've never really seen a grown man act like a, a child before and jump up and down in anger. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and he agreed. It was like Jagger was. That's what happened when you took a toy away from Jagger. Like, he just starts freaking out. That's what, uh, that's what Christian did. Um, uh, so Bowers. Just saying he had the moves like Jagger. Yeah. How about Alex Ray's e- evening? <laughs> so he, he's, this is the only could happen to Alex Ray. His, his bike doesn't start for the heat, and then it, they barely get it going for the LCQ. He's on the line without a bike. And, JT, have you ever been in that situation, on the line without a bike? Uh, yeah, but they've usually been fixing it where something they knew was wrong, not where it was just like, Everyone's standing around scratching their heads because it won't start. Yeah. A different. So yeah. he pulls the whole shot in the LCQ, gets in the main, and then Bowers absolutely tees him up, cleans him out. And uh, and then Bowers said that uh, afterwards, Alex said that Bowers was like, my bad, I thought you were Barsha. <laughs> Alex, nah. Alex is like, I'm wearing red and I'm 91 and I'm not Barsha. And Bowers is like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> So and then Ray Alex said uh Alex is like, Yeah, I, I tried to stand on his bike to like, you know, show him I'm mad and Bowers picked the bike up with him on the bike. Like didn't even care. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to get footage of this, everybody, so just well, I'm gonna try to get footage of this this week. But uh yeah, Alex said I stood on his bike. Sean was mad, he just picked it up anyways. So that was like that was like first lap, second lap in the sand and then and then Bowers cleaned him up with the next turn. So, um, good job for Brandon Shear and, and the cat and Devin Raper makes two mains. Dusty Pipes, Weege, what got into Dusty Pipes this weekend? I don't know. You you caught it in practice. He was, had a second fastest time in the B group at one point. Dropped back to six, but that was still. It's been a rough year for him. The, the team looks good that he owns and runs, but riding wise, I don't know. He was like, I have not seen that Dusty Pipes. Maybe in the last two years? I don't know. JT, Pipes was back. Is he back, or is it just where we're at? I think I think he's... No, just- no, no. He, he he beat Ted's. He was running Ted's pace. He was, you know, guys that worked them all year long. He was back. I, I guess. I don't know. You look at the field, though. I mean, you had Catanzaro in the main event. You had Devin Raper in the main event. You know, so I think we're getting to that point of injuries and suspensions and people not being out there that these guys have a window to get in. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes when these guys drop out. How about the lack of entries? Everyone, 36 and 38 or 36 and 34 in the two yep. classes, everybody made the night show. Yeah, I thought about riding. <laughs> not, not really. Um, you should have rode the way you could have got free money. Yeah, I like it. I like it. What's it to get in a night show? Do I get like two grand or uh, something? Nine, nine fifteen for yeah. the four fifty class. Yeah, for the night show. Did you say two grand? <laughs> he did say two grand. <laughs> two grand. I think is... I was confusing. What's what's? Uh, I think I'm confusing making the main. What what do you get for twenty second? Yeah, it's six, yeah. It's the 60... main, the main's two grand. Yeah. No, 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 no. The twenty first and twenty second spots are like sixteen hundred. It jumps up to no, no, no. Two grand for the twentieth spot. I don't think that's true. Yeah, it is. No, I don't think that's true. Oh, here we go. Absolutely it is. 
We're gonna have to look into this a little further. I'm, go- I'm googling it. I'm googling it right now. Uh, this, this number's out there. Yeah, they're out there. They don't uh, really want you to find it, but you can. Do not publish it. Yeah, JT, twentieth uh, place, twenty-one forty-five. Okay. Twenty-first, seventeen fifty. It's a four hundred dollar gap. If you and if you want to go, uh, and then sixteen fourteen for twenty-second. So if you add, it's a four hundred dollar gap from twenty to twenty-first. And if you add that four hundred dollars to twentieth spot, uh, it is now the same as getting tenth place. The gap between 10th and 20th is $300, roughly. Mm-hmm. And then, so the gap between 10th and 20th is, is bigger, is smaller than the gap between 20 and 21st. Huh. They added those two Did spots. Say- they added those two spots to the main event, but they basically just said it's like the LCQ money. Really kind of cheese ball. Yeah, kind of cheesy that they did that. Huh. So, okay. uh, anyways. Um, all right, uh, what else? Anything else? 450 wise? Chad Reed had his factory edition bike. They didn't do too many changes to it. Got 10th. Should have had 9th. Um, I didn't get a chance to talk to him. JT, did you? Uh, no, I've, uh, I'm still, still waiting on that. Okay. I've, uh, actually, we have about 15 rounds to cover when I do talk to him. Okay, all right, catch up on all of them, right? Right. Hey, so yeah. at, so at Houston, when you took the inside right there, what, were you? <laughs> um, <laughs> what else? Uh, Brandon Shear, I said good job for him. Uh, Cedric Subaros, Benny Bloss, JT. What's what, what was his race like? Uh, he crashed, I think. Um, first lap, I think he had a crash or something. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he was he was good though. He was third in one of the practices. Was he really? What an, yeah, I, I even noticed that. In one of the yeah, I think the first untimed, he was third. Good job for Ben. Oh, he was. That's right, because we said that um, in that case, that meant Chad had top three speed. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right, we, yeah. did, we did say that. We're like, yeah, wherever Benny is, that's where Chad's going to be. Um, so, yeah, all right. Uh, what's going on, Weege, with JGR in the outdoors? There's there's things going on. Um, like, you mean they're racing it? I don't know what you mean. People, people... People are moving around. Oh, yeah. Who's going to ride? Well, well, they got – look, Bogle's not going to make it back for Hangtown. So that's an open slot, and vultures are all over it. And Peters, Peter's going to Peters. We'll talk about that in a moment. But he's mm-hmm. not racing outdoors either, and he was going to fill in for Jimmy D, who's not going to be back. So, yeah, you basically got an open 250 and 450 slot on that team. Who gets the 450 slot? Spin the wheel, Mookie or Phil? Well. Mookie told me after the race, I, I got something working on outdoors. You might see me outdoors. I'm not saying okay. it's. He said, I'm not saying it's with JGR or I don't know who it's with. I'm like, Building oh. the team with James? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know James. He's always right. always been there for the outdoor series. Um, <laughs> and then Phil, yeah, Phil might fill in for Bogle. If, and then they, but they still need a 250 guy, right? Uh, yeah, and I think there is something in the works for that, but I don't think it's Phil. Phil's hope is going to be to get on Bogle's bike, but look, we know Bogle's not going to miss the entire. No, there's no way Bogle misses every round. He's got to do something to try to earn a ride for next year. So Bogle's going to be back for sure at some point. So you do? Do you know who's getting two fifty ride, and you're just not telling us? Yeah, I thought I already told you. Oh, yeah, you told me the name, but I thought it was for next year. No, no, I think that's the two fifty guy. They're basically oh. there's a dude who's like an amateur right now who I think is they're just going to grab him instead of having him race uh, Loretta's. That's not what you told me. That you didn't tell me that. 
Oh, well, it depends on who you talk to. Um, <laughs> but I, some people say it's a done deal. Some people say they're working on it. But I do think it will work out. Cool. So there'll be a rookie on the bike in uh, Hangtown, I think, on the bike that was supposed to be Dakota, supposed to be Peters, yeah. never supposed to be Phil's. Is it, is it Cade Audenright? Are they going back to Cade? <laughs> I, I threw that out there. I threw that. Right, right. Threw that option out there. Um, I don't think they knew who I was talking about. <laughs> Who's Kate Alton Wright? Ask Coy's mom. <laughs> okay. Uh, are anything else for 450 Wise? Boys? Nope. Uh, thanks, to, thanks for listening to Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. Alpine Stars had some limited stuff out this weekend. God, JT, like. They're not scared to put these LE boots out with all the colors in them. Like, they're just not scared. You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I admire it, man. Uh, it's a lot of work for those guys. And, and, and so it looked pretty good. I didn't mind it. Um, uh, the LE stuff was out this weekend, and it'll be available, I think, right now, JT, right? Or soon? Yeah, it went, for, it went, for, it went uh, on sale on Friday. Yeah, so uh, please check out Alpine Stars. Also, Maxis, MXST Tire, and, of course, the folks at Fly Racing. Listen to this commercial from uh, uh, Racetech and uh, use the code uh, PulpMX18 uh, to save with those guys. We'll be right back to talk some 250s and Kyle Peters and Gronk. Racetech suspension and engines, people. PulpMX18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Racetech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Racetech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Racetech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, Racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back. Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast. Uh, flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. They've got much more than gear. Great company, huh, JT? I would say it's pretty decent. It's one of my favorites. Yep, absolutely. Uh, please check them out. All right, let's go to 250s. Hold on. Hold what? on. Before we go to 250s, one last thing. Predictions. Does Eli take Marv out and before the Supercross season is over? 100%. How much can I bet on that? Can I bet my house on that? <laughs> Probably. I mean, just give 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 it give me the yeah. Just give me give me give me those odds all day long. He for sure takes them out before Vegas. Oh yeah, or before the season. Okay. Yeah, I was, was going to give heat race. I was going to say before this before this the year is over, like outdoors included. But oh. you're, you're no more. no no heat race or main event. Here we go, Marv. It's on. But mm-hmm. wait a minute. I, actually, I should say he just tries to because I stand by. My prediction that Marv will be scared shitless and either jump off into a net or want nothing to do with Eli getting him, <laughs> taking him out. Like that's also a prediction. But, but, but Eli's intent will be there, I guess. So, what if what if Eli took him out and they reviewed the tape and they find Eli fifteen points? <laughs> what what would then? Happen? Well, I think we might see that withdrawal of Kawasaki from okay. from, from racing. <laughs> Just. 
full on. That's it. They're they're done. They're they're checking out. The AMA rig that had a tragic accident. The brakes were cut by someone we don't right, know who. Right, right. Why this happened? Right. I have I have one bone to pick on the the Vegas talk from last year with Marv. I don't I don't think you can bring up Josh Grant being a part of that deal last year at Vegas. I didn't see Josh Grant do anything. That, that's no, right. He just rode well. That's basically all he did. Yeah, I was like, you can't bring Josh Grant into this. Like, he didn't even have anything to do with anything. Just, yeah, he just went fast. Just, that was pretty much what he just, did. Uh, just own right. it, Marv. Just own it. Put a black hat on even in the press conference. You know? Just own it. Just be like uh, the guy from uh, Talladega Nights, John Gerard. You know? Oh. And, and play up, play up the bad guy. That's all my only beef with that. Uh, all right, so 250s. Um, look, winning main events are, are never easy, but this was an easy win for Zach Osborne. As easy as they're going to get, JT. He got the lead early. I don't think he – did he officially get the whole shot? I think maybe – did Smith get the whole shot? Uh, no, he got the whole shot. Never mind. Officially, he got it. Uh, and he t- and I never thought for one second, JT, that, that Jordan or Arcantrell or – well, and later on Peters were ever going to get him. No, and and Jordan's ridden really well at times this year, but I think with, you know, J-Mart was really the only guy I felt like could challenge Zach for a win, and I honestly picked J-Mart to win. I thought J-Mart was going to win the main event. But when Forkner got hurt, the air kind of got sucked out of the suspense of this series, and uh, obviously anything can still happen, but you knew if Zach went in here, and even if he just got on the podium, uh, last you know last afternoon yesterday afternoon in in Foxborough, it was going to be really hard for anybody to do anything with one round left on the schedule. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean Zach's Zach's done everything he's needed to do, you know. And then Forkner has made life very easy on him here. So, um, but yeah, that I mean, not, take nothing away from Zach. He rode incredibly well yesterday. Fifteen points now lead going into the last round. Um, yeah, Jordan just kind of kept making small mistakes, you know, here and there. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy was the guy, though. If, if it wasn't going to be Zach, J-Mart was the guy that yeah. was going to do something about it. I, I think J-Mart wins if he just starts with, with Zacho. Weege, do you, do you think that? Do you agree? I think so. I think so. Like, it was – even though he won the last two races, I think you could argue that maybe Zacho was better at times. But, dude, the way he looked in practice, I, I yeah, I would have put my money on J-Mart for sure. Yeah. yeah, he looked great. Got together with Peters and then kind of got upside down. It came from dead last – like dead, dead, dead last to fourth. He would have got Peters had there been one more lap, and he would have got third. Well, in, in, in these situations, too, it, we saw the same kind of ride from Anderson yesterday. The willingness to take chances on a track that's that beaten down like yesterday is so much lower. Where Jamar, he's just going to go for it. You know, and Zach, if they're in a full-on battle, I don't think Zach would be willing to take chances just for the win, where Jamar would have he would have just kept turning it up, you know. So yep. in those situations, you see the guy that – is, has the points lead generally not win those those scenarios. A great ride for Jeremy Martin. Great ride for Zach, too. Um, both guys rode really well. Peters tore his knee ligaments in Minneapolis, and he had to go to the LCQ in Minneapolis, and, and it didn't look good. And uh, He had to go to the LCQ. I'm sorry, he had to go to the LCQ this weekend. This weekend he was in the LCQ. Um, and then he comes through with a third, Weege. Phenomenal. Yeah, that was, I mean, I, I really didn't know if he'd be able to even do laps. And, yeah, like you said, the LCQ, he looked bad in practice. Um, it was really, really bad. I mean, the, what would have been the odds on podium? Point oh 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 one percent I mean, it's a, weak in, it's a weakened field, but I would have took, took J-Mart ahead of him, Cantrell ahead of him, Osby, or Hartraft ahead of him, 
Renslin may well, be even. <laughs> well, that's even predicating that he's actually going to be able to even do it. Like, yeah. do 22 laps um, a week after tearing his ACL. So, I really wondered if he'd even be able to race. And then to get a podium, my God, like, look, this dude hasn't been on a ton of big teams throughout his career. Like, whatever bonus he gets for the podium, that probably means a lot for him. Yeah. No, good job for Peters. Peters going to Peters. Wait. Peters going to Peters. Peters did, really more, Peters did more than what Peters is going to Peters. Um, good job for him. Uh, what else? Uh, Osby, this is this class. You want to talk about decimated. Uh, nice job for Osby to get uh, sixth. And Will, Jacob Williamson to get 11th. And LaCurcio got 12th. This class is struggling right now. JT. Every couple of years that happens in the yeah. East for some reason. I don't know what it is. But uh, yeah, no, these guys, no, these guys were really, really well. O- Osby was great. Osby was really well, and he did. Oh yeah, yeah. If you watch Osby ride, the dude is definitely fast. Yep, I could see Osby getting a chance next year with a better team. I know he's on a club team, and I don't want to insult those guys. I probably already have. You know how that works in this sport, but <laughs> I could see Osby uh, getting a slightly better ride next year. Yeah, he shows some flashes, which yep. is, as we know, what teams are looking for. Yep. Um, Hart Raft was uh, moving up slowly, kind of, got seventh. Um, Reslin, I didn't talk to him. I usually make a chance to make a, make, make you know, um, try to try to make a chance to talk to uh, Reslin during the day. But, um, yeah, couldn't do it. I don't know what his deal was. He wasn't that good all day. Ninth place for him in a, in a depleted field, you know? Um, I don't know. What else you guys got? Help me out here. Someone pitch in something for two of the East results. I, what do we? I, I think really, you know, the, the East is, for all intents and purposes, kind of done. I think if Zach just stays on his motorcycle, it's, it's pretty much over. I think more than anything, what it's building suspense for is the outdoor championship because these two East Coast guys are going to be—they're going to be seriously going for it outdoors. I think we're in for a really good battle, and we're not—that's not even counting the West Coast guys. The you know. Cinturillo uh, and Plessinger and Sabachi and all these guys that are obviously race-winning, capable guys too. But J-Mart's maybe, I struggle to say it, but I think J-Mart might be the story of this series, even though he's going to end up second or third in the championship. This, I mean, this, 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 back it down, dude. I don't know. I'm just saying his, the way he's turned this around. Look, yeah, he's did he's. You, did you expect this? I didn't expect this. No, he he's good. He's good. He's riding well. I keep telling everybody, Osborne finished a hundred points ahead of him last year, one hundred points. Like, and I don't expect Zach to be any weaker. Now, Jamar could be better. Uh, what fifty points better? <laughs> he, Osborne worked them. So I, I, I'm still going. We'll do our outro prediction podcast show, but I'm betting heavily. I'm on not all, predicting. Yeah. I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying that the story, I think, the last six weeks has been we expected Zach to be great. I predicted him to win. I thought he would dominate the series. But J-Mart has been much, much, much better than I would have ever given him credit for, especially even after a couple weeks into the season. I'm, I'm really, really impressed with the turnaround he's made. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been good. Um, Weege, what else you got to the East? I mean, you got anything? Just the series in general, I, because Marv brought up Vegas last year and even threw Osborne's situation into it, it's like, wow, what a contrast. We're on the verge of, I mean, we know this 450 title is basically a wash. Anderson's going to have it wrapped up before 
Vegas. It's almost impossible that he won't. Should win it this weekend, yeah. Yeah, and then to think, the odds are if you have two 250 titles coming down to the final round with points on the line, one of them will be tight. But there's a very good chance that neither one of them will really be that dramatic. We could be looking at, I mean, we got a 15-point lead for one guy. It's about the same for Plessinger. It's unbelievable, the contrast. Like, I will always say that was the best hour, most dramatic hour of Supercross racing ever with those back-to-back races last year. It's amazing how it's yeah. 180 degrees the opposite direction in all classes this year. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I had a team manager ask me about that this weekend because I was doing, a, I'm doing that story that will show up on RacerX Online this week. So we kind of got rapping a little bit, and he said, what do, you, what do you think? And I'm like, you know what? It's just one of those years, man. Like, I brought up 98 with the two strokes, and I brought up, you know, how awesome last year. It's just I don't think there's any reason we can look at for all these injuries and sort of the sort of uh, blahness of this series. I, it could be back next year as good as ever and as amazing as ever, you know? I don't think there's a reason. Everyone wants to look for a reason. No, you, you can't. When you can't take a uh, – when it's a one-year thing, nothing dramatically changes the tracks or the motorcycles or even the riders that are out there in one year. Yeah. It's just, I mean, that was just stars and planets aligning that everything worked out. Hey, if Savachi doesn't have two of those silly tip-overs at some point last year, he has a big enough lead where that Vegas race isn't that good. Like, everything had to work out perfectly yeah. for that race to yeah. be as good as it was last year. What is, uh, what is Tomac down right now on Marv? Oh, he's still a lot. 29 points <laughs> down on Marv. So I, I doubt he gets second. I was, talking about, I was thinking about a, a, a battle for second here, but I don't know. <laughs> Um, he could he could crush him, you know, in practice, first lap of practice this weekend, and then. Yeah, no, that's gonna be good. Yep, I mean, uh, right, well, going back to what JT said, like, do you agree Eli's gonna get him back before the end of Supercross week? It was interesting in his TV interview. I think that Eli was about to go there. He was about to say, "Well, now he's got to look forward to dot dot dot." Well, I'm not gonna do anything stupid. Um, yeah. So, if the opportunity presents itself, and it most likely will, and he can do it safely for himself, he will. But I think he's smart enough to say, "Look, man, I got two more races to go through for another championship start. I'm not going to do anything so ridiculous that I either put myself in danger or get hurt." So, as long as it's within a controlled box, yes. But I could see him being like, "It just ain't worth it right now." Right. Uh, Mosman's been having a rough time lately, JT. Factory. And he had a pretty big get-off yesterday. Yeah, Rockstar, Rockstar Husky guy, man. He's been having a – he had a bad get-off in one of the mains in, in Minneapolis, too. Like, there's a kid that should yeah, be, so, you know, probably a little bit better. He's probably getting a little frustrated with him augering into the ground left and right. Yeah, it's part of the learning process, though. You know, he uh, started the season late, and he's had some good rides. He's had some bad rides. He's had some big crashes, but um, he'll figure it out. You know, it's just it's learning. Um. Good job for Van Martin, make another main event. Good job for him. Um, hey, who was it in the 450 LCQ that almost uh, took down Raper? They both went down, and then but Raper got it. Who? who what am I? Th- why is that name blanking me? It was great. Talking oh, about um, you mean in the uh, the last turn there? Yeah. Who was that? Uh, hold on. Was that? No, that wasn't Raper Pipes. It was Suzuki, though, wasn't it? Was it Pipes and Polly? Yeah, it was Bubba Pauly. On Pipes, and then Pipes got up and got it? That was it the was heat, wasn't it? No, Pauly. it was the heat. I'm thinking it was Raper, but it was a heat. That was great. Uh, hold on. I'm getting there. Um, 
That deal with Van Buskirk was a uh, that was pretty brutal. That I, was a definitely a bummer for yeah, him. Yeah, it was Pipes and Raper, but Pipes didn't get it. Raper did. And then Pipes came back in the LCQ and got revenge by getting in the main event. Not really revenge, but that was great. Guys, that JT that whoop section was so small. Dudes are just grabbing gears. <laughs> yeah. Did you do? You, did you see the see the LCQ one that I was talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that one was even more dramatic. That was nuts. Yeah. They needed a net in that corner. <laughs> they really did. That was, well, I think it probably didn't have as much berm as it could have, right? That's no, the real no. Issue. It didn't have much berm at all. No. no. Right, because of the no net. Um, hey, so, uh, all right, let's wrap this thing up. Fly Racing, Racer X uh, podcast. Gronk was in the house. And Supercross, Monster sponsors Gronk. Gronk love Monster. Gronk love money. Gronk go to Supercross. And um, because of that, like, the sport got a lot of coverage. Like, Weege, you went to this press conference. There was, like, real media people. Uh, yeah, it was – It was. I mean, for Supercross, it was an awesome move, a very smart move, but it was almost evil intent. They told me about it a little bit on Friday afternoon. And they're like, as you know, we're going to have Gronk here for a press conference. And as you know, he kind of left hints after the Super Bowl that he didn't know if he was going to play football ever again. And I'm like – if you have Gronk holding a press conference here, like, the media is going to think this is a real thing. Like, they're going to come thinking this is a legitimate, we're going to get a scoop, and you're going to joke about him riding a dirt bike. Like, somebody's going to try to kill you for, for, for lying or, no, or for misleading them. And, oh, my God, that was it. Like, Gronk did an excellent job, excellent job. He came up in gear. He joked about riding. He made it sound like he was really planning on becoming a Supercross racer. And then they opened it up to the media for questions, and the first nine questions were, what about football next year? What about football? What about Belichick? What about football? What about OTAs? They did not care about the Supercross thing. They thought they were going to get their scoop, and he would give them nothing. I mean, I guess if you're a member of the media, you just take that abuse and say, well, I gave it a shot, but, man, I'd be mad if I were those guys. <laughs> for showing up with this stupid monster truck thing and then uh, Gronk just stonewalling them. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean th- – uh, whatever. Like, I thought the whole thing was silly, but it sure got the, the sport a lot of press, but maybe not in a good way, like you said, Weege. Like, I know people, some people are like, like, you know, he's at a monster truck race or something. Somebody showed <laughs> us on Twitter or somebody, uh, ESPN said that or somebody, you know? Um, it all it all comes down to this. What do you actually get out of it? Like, there's no doubt if they were doing a media buy thing or, or survey right now, like Supercross got major love. I couldn't believe it. I was at my hotel room like 1 in the morning, and the NBA game ends and SportsCenter turns on. And in that little, you know, 10-second just random clips teaser they always do, yep. there was Gronk and Carmichael. Yeah. the third clip they showed. Well, I Gr- I was yep. on – I watched Nesson. After, I went to the hockey game yep. last night. It was yep. epic and awesome. The Leafs won. It was great. And uh, I got back to my room. Nesson was on, and they had just Gronk with JH on the stage. <laughs> I'm like, this is Nesson. So, anyways, yeah. So I don't know what that counts. Does that sell a single ticket to Supercross ever? Probably not. No. But if you're in the PR game, that's a win. I mean, they had so many <clears throat> cameras under that Kawasaki rig when he went over to meet Eli, his new teammate. There must have been 40 TV cameras under there. Supercross have never had that kind of coverage. I don't know what it results in, but if yeah. you go to school for PR, that's a victory. And JT, uh, Weege got in trouble. He was not. He was supposed to ask a dirt bike question, and he never got around to it. And Weege got in trouble. You're, you, what do you, did you ask anything at all, or you just didn't? No, the uh, aforementioned JH. It was Carmichael and Gronk doing this press conference, and then the aforementioned mm-hmm. JH just walks up there and just stops it. He's like, okay, that's enough, and we're going to go over to the Kawasaki pit. And I'm like, what? You're like, you're like shouldn't uh, a Feld guy 
end this thing? Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know how that. Yeah, because I think Fels was like, this is good, but it's too many questions about um, football, and we want to throw in another bone or two about Supercross just so they get it on their cameras and record it, and maybe they accidentally learn something. But yeah. it, so, was, it was cut off quickly. JT, what's your, what's your opinion on the whole thing, the whole joke of it and everything? Um, they had the guy out there dressed in gear that looked like Gronkowski riding out there, which it was, was not him. It was Gronk's brother. Yeah, I, I didn't like that that part as much. I don't like faking that it's him out there riding. Like, I think that's maybe going a little bit over the the limit. But the rest of it, I was all in on. I think it's awesome, the rest of it. And then I guess he, he could stick around and be part of opening ceremonies because he was going to MotoGP. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. hopped on a jet and was headed to Texas. Right. So it was just like, yeah. I, but, yeah, imagine the Patriots guys who are like, okay, I'm going to go get Bert Gronk and we're going to get answers and he's – He's media availability. I got a suit. I got to go to go down to Patriots place. I got to, hey, tell my wife like, hey, I can't, honey, I can't go with the kids today to their recital or their baseball game. I got, and then you go there and you get that. You get Gronk being like, yeah, I'm going to be a supercross racer, bro. And you're just sitting there going, really, <laughs> really, <laughs> I came out for this. So that was every answer. They kept saying, are you going to play football again? He said, no, it depends on how this dirt biking works out. They were like, oh my god! Awesome. It was for me. It was kind of cool. It was a real lesson on how actual media works in actual press conferences. Right. Um, I'm sure you'll, we can joke around with our buddy Daniel Blair about this. So in the Eli and Marvin press conference, um, it's like, okay, this is going to be tense. We know it. Who wants to step up to the plate and ask the first question? Now, by the way, I'm furiously typing the quotes into my computer, and then Daniel Blair just points at me to ask a question. Like, I'm typing. I had no question form in my mind at all. And he's like, any questions? We each? And I just go, uh... Like, I didn't know what to say. Meanwhile, in the Gronk press conference, Carmichael says, any questions? And the very first, like, within .03 seconds, someone says, Gronk, are you returning to football next year? Yeah. They don't mess around at all. I was telling Weege, JT, like, when did the... When did... uh, Sports media, and this is more sports media than mainstream media, because political media, like real-life stuff, I get. When did sports media become a game of gotcha? Like, no wonder why Belichick is just like, screw you guys. You know what I mean? Like, like okay, you ask him the question, for sure. And then when you can see that he's not going to give you an answer, so you just reword the question to try to get him? That happens all the time, and I'm not a fan of it. You know, like, you got to ask a question. For sure. You can't dodge it. But then when you see clearly that Gronk or, or Belichick or any of these guys, LeBron, that they're not giving it to you, then stop. Stop rewarding the well, same question over and over and so you can get them, so you can catch them in a, in a trick. I hate that. I hate that stuff. Well, I don't, I don't even know that it's so much they're trying to play gotcha as they're just trying to piss them off. And then because if you ever see any of the clips that make it to SportsCenter, they make it on any of the highlight shows, it's always the super snarky, responses to where the point where that athlete or coach or whatever is so mad and so over it, that's when the the best stuff comes out. So I think it's almost a cat and mouse game where the media is trying to get that person riled up. They just keep asking the same question over and over and over and they don't want to answer it, but that person can't leave yet because they have, you know, they have uh, actual obligations to be in that press conference. So it's just this big game about who can keep their cool and who can ask the wrong question. Because if that media person can ask the wrong question that really pisses them off, they get on TV. 
Yeah, the, we, media, the media guy doesn't get on TV, though. Well, there's podium a, well kind of they do. Sometimes they do. Their question gets on there sometimes. Yeah, I don't know if that's it. I don't know if I totally agree, but that's another another topic But for another time. But I, I, would th- I, bet, <laughs> I think there's a media guy in our sport that would do that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's just I don't see the gain in that. Like, you, you got to go there once, and then when you see where it's going, that's okay. Move on. The guy's not going to tell you. you know? But they don't want to move on. That's the whole thing. They're trying to get... That yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Up. But I'm saying, like, me as a, I move on, you know. So I, I, I mean, you're on, you're on to Salt Lake. I'm on to Salt Lake. I mean, <laughs> you could say, like, in a sense, I'm a professional interviewer. I mean, good God, look how many podcasts I've done, right? Um, I've asked a lot of questions to a lot of people, and I'm not out to piss them off and to get them, to catch them. I just, I got to ask a question, and you can answer it how you want, and then we'll move on, you know. So, um, you know, I'm not gonna. Yeah, the uh, equivalent here would be if. The very first question was, Marvin, do you think your pass was dirty? And he says, no, I don't think it was. It was I was just going for the win, and that's racing. Yeah. And then the very next person says, Marv, do you think your pass was dirty? Yeah. And we just kept asking him that over and over and over, hoping he would accidentally yeah. say the word dirty, and yeah. then we could put it on our website. Marvin admits pass is dirty. Yeah, and, and you know, you could just be like, Marv, the dirtiness of that pass looked yeah. like the intent was to be dirty. You know, like, screw that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, yeah. I would. Oh, got him. Gotcha, got him. gotcha. No wonder well, why. they did that with Gronk. Someone did, after nine times, him saying, I'm, I'm only here for the dirt biking. Yeah. Somebody said, um, what kind of condition are you going to be in when you return to the football field next year? And he said, oh, I'm going to be a freakazoid or something like that. Yeah. And then the person said, so you're saying you will be back in the football field next year. Is that what you're saying? And Gronk just started laughing. Right. So there it was. There was the gotcha game where they tricked him into how good. Oh, you're not saying if he'll be back, but how good will you be when you're back? He accidentally did answer that question. What? Uh, what? What, it, all, yeah. what is that information really? All you did was trick him. It wasn't from the heart. Yeah. He, he said the wrong words. He didn't even mean it. Right. What? Um, JT, you met him. You got a photo with him. It's hilarious, by the I way. Did. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, he he seemed to be very much over it by that point. And oh, he did. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was right before. So right in between the press conference and right before he went in to talk with Eli. Um, you know, he had kind of been led around. You know, like, hey, we're going to go here. Hey, you got to do this. Hey, you got to talk to these people. Hey, we got to do this. Hey, I think he was like, all right, I'm I'm done with this. You know, like, yeah, I got to get out of here. And I guess. Apparently he just went over the Cowie truck and they had that KX60 or whatever whatever that thing was, and he just he didn't take it off the stand. He just straddled it. He's such a huge human. He just <laughs> put one leg over it and just straddled it, you know, and then posed for photos. So, and he, it, was, he was really nice to me. But at first, when I asked him if I could get a picture, you could just tell he was just like, I I think he was partially unsure if he was allowed to do what he was allowed to do and not do. Well, where'd then, you, where'd you find him at? He was uh, getting ready to go in, like, he was getting ready to go into the Cowie truck. Oh. And so he's just chilling. So I kind of was like, all right, this is a good chance. He's not doing anything. Um, but then once, like, the the Feld and Monster people are like, oh, yeah, whatever, because, I, you know, I know those security guys. And whatever. They're like, yeah, he's fine or whatever. He was super nice at that point. But I just really got a sense that he was like, man, I'm, I have had enough of this um, did, show today. Did Carmichael play along with it, Weech? Oh, yeah, he did, and he did an okay job, but Gronk is just such a character. Gronk was approximately 75% better at this <laughs> wow. ridiculousness. 
because I think that's just the way Gronk just is. Right. Like, he just is ridiculous. Like, Carmichael was trying to pretend he was joking, but it was a joke. It wasn't a joke. He was pretending he was serious, but he wasn't serious. Where Gronk, I don't even know if he knew the difference. Right. They probably just said, go up there and just keep saying dirt bike racing. Just keep saying it. He, and, he, okay, Gronk, say it. <laughs> he looked like he had his helmet on for a while, too. I was like, oh, what's going on with that? His helmet and goggles on? Yeah, he came up there first with his helmet and goggles on. I think some people thought he was standing on a box. But then we did the math, right? You said he's 6'7"? Yeah, I think so, yep. So he's more yep. than a foot taller than Carmichael. So there was, there was not a box. He walked out on stage. He's literally <laughs> he's, that much taller. He's a big man. He's a very big man. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right, well. There we go. Gronk comes to Supercross, everybody. I'm wondering what he was going to MotoGP for. I was waiting to see that he did a press conference saying, yeah, I'm uh, getting ready for this road biking next year. Yeah. Gronk, are you coming at the football? No, I'm just depends on how the road biking goes. Like, did they just <laughs> fly him to MotoGP to do the same exact thing? Yeah, I don't know. JT follows it better than I do. Well, I don't, you know, you got to think, they don't get the same level of access because they're not a MotoGP sponsor, you know, like that. So, yeah, with yeah. Supercross, Monster kind of owns the deal, right? They can go anywhere, any anytime, have any access they want. Where MotoGP, it's definitely different, but it's more of a celebrity. Hey, we have our one of our biggest endorsement athletes here for this event type deal. So I, I don't think you're going to get all the fanfare type stuff, but it's still, you know, I think it's cool for just, uh, yeah. you know, that's what they pay these guys for is to have them and have them endorsing Monster in front of different crowds and you know. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty sure that Rossi and Marquez don't really know anything about Gronk. Don't care. Well, I'm sure they will have moments, and they'll get a lot of PR. They'll go have him talk to Rossi, and they'll go have him talk to all the monster athletes, and they'll document it and use it across a lot of different platforms to cross-promote. But, yeah, they don't have any sort of, you know, grip hold on MotoGP like to do Supercross. It's kind of a different deal. Yeah. All right, we're on to Salt Lake. We're on to Salt Lake. Should be be fantastic. Anything else? Does does Anderson wrap it up this weekend? Yes. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, uh, what, 14 ahead? Four, like, uh, no. He, no, not not 14. He's 30. He's uh, 38 ahead. So 20. If he, if he needs 14 points less than Marv to win, right? Is Something it 38? Like I thought it was less than that. Uh, if only I had it in front of me here. Here, here it is. Uh, no, it's less. I think, I think it was 30. It's 34. Marv won. 34, it's, right? It's 34, so yeah. he needs he need eight points. Yeah, I, I think he's got it. I do too. I like I like the odds. Well, you got to give Mark credit for um, you know trying to maximize his point score to just keep this title alive. I mean, I think that's all he was really trying to do. Marv, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, Marv. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. he's not eliminated mathematically. He did. He's just doing everything he can to you keep guys himself think, in the in the fight. Do you guys think some? I I hundred percent believe this. Some of the backlash is because Marv's just French. Doesn't have a lot of fans. He really doesn't have a ton of fans. If that's Eli on Marv, t- turn that around. That's Eli on Marv. A lot of people are like, yeah! Um, I think you're hypersensitive to it because you're a foreigner. Okay. Because I, I kind of don't care. I don't care where he's from. I just was like, I, and I don't even think the move was well, I would beg to unwarranted. Differ. I would beg to differ, JT. You already made a French white flag French joke on Twitter about it. Well, a joke. Yeah, that's a joke. Oh, but... but I uh, and yeah, that's World War Two. I was I would wasn't born for thirty five uh, more years than that. So t- what did I have to do with any of that? It's timely. Um, but I think 
the whole deal, I kind of was like, whatever, if you're going to do it, I, I'm fine with it. Like, if you're if you're willing to accept the consequences and you want to win that bad, go for it. Like, I, I had no problem with it when Bradshaw used to do it. Um, if it happened to me, I'd be pissed. I don't blame Eli for being pissed. And then there would be 1 million percent some sort of payback coming from me. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on your side as far as like, Hey man, like do what you're going to do, but don't try to backpedal once you do it. Yeah. No, do the stadium interview and own it and own it. In the yeah. Just say, hey, I, I wanted to win. And if that's what it took to win, then that's what I w- was going to do. You know, don't try to say, well, I didn't, I had the wrong angle and this is what happened here. And I, you know, just like, yeah, man, I, I wanted to win. I led the whole race and yeah, I just went in there and I knew I was going to make contact and yeah. that's how it went. Yep. Should be good. Should be should be great. We got. I think the French thing maybe a little bit. I do notice that. Like, I think people like Mark because he's a nice guy. But yeah. for sure, as soon as you do something wrong at all, it's very easy for people to abandon ship and turn on you because of the foreign thing. I don't think it's a massive percentage, but I gotta say, somehow I am seeing Tomac get some of the heat. Not it's not fifty fifty. No, no, no. Yeah, he's but, getting some. Yeah. Right, so to say, like, what if Tomac had done that to him, people would have been like, ha, 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 Frenchie, how do you like it? No way, man. Like, I'm shocked. Like, to me, Eli did nothing wrong at all. He just got taken out, and he's mad. Yeah. All that's, to me, justified. And some people are actually mad at him for, A, opening the door, which is ridiculous, or being a crybaby. And I'm like, wow, so that's where we're at. There's not universal agreement on anything. So no way. If he had done it, he would have gotten heat, too. Maybe not as much, but a lot. You cannot say that he's oh, – yeah. Go ahead, JT. He was getting ruined last year after Vegas for the bunching thing. He was getting all kinds yeah. of last year, Tomac was. Yeah, I just can't state enough. We have some more evidence that we just found here. The bunching thing, Eli will go to the grave saying, had they not pulled over in New Jersey, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. He's so mad about the fixing of the race, which it says in the rule book he can't do, and they didn't get in trouble for it. He and Kawasaki were so angry that they were like, we're going to go to Vegas and we're going to take the gloves off. I just can't stress that part enough. Um, yeah, and then Dunge, Dunge admits it. Yeah, when Marv gave me that race. <laughs> um, yes, it says in the rule book you can't do it. They've now admitted it. But, Ma- but I was just checking. Uh, Eli finished five back of Dunge last year. Okay, and so if if Marv if Marv doesn't pull over, the gap's still two points. Like that did not give Eli the title. No, but it changed everything. It changed what was possible. I think. Yeah, I guess because you know, a, six point, a six point swing is is a big deal. Like I'm not saying yeah. Eli would have won either way. Yeah, it opens up a lot of possibilities. I mean, ultimately, his crash in, in New York while he was leading. He was leading, right? I think when he went oh, down. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, he, you know? It was on him, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. But I think it changes every, you know, changes the picture of what has to happen in Vegas when right. you go three up or three down. Yeah, I mean, you got a point. You're right. Because if, he, if, he, if, he, if, if it's three, then he can win and, and tie and win on the tie break. And you look at how that very last lap in Vegas worked out, like – it was five points, but, I mean, there were like seven dudes piled on top of each other. It could have swung five points. I mean, Anderson happened to sneak through. No, if Anderson doesn't no. sneak through until Mac wins the race, now it's down to only two. Like, I think it could have easily happened. I think um, you're forgetting You're forgetting how Dunge just caught Eli. You're forgetting about that. Oh, just the heart of a champion. I saw that on TV. He caught him. Heart of a champion. <laughs> heart of a champion. Caught him. Eli just lost his rhythm. Lost his rhythm. <laughs> there is no punching. Yep.
All right. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Anything else, boys? You got Maybe else? we should have known. Why did we not pick Anderson to win the title this year? I mean, he won the last race of the year last year. Well, just dominated those guys. Uh, okay. He went right past Tomac and Dunge, no problem. Dominated them. There was a guy who said, you know, is this the beginning of a McGrath 93 run? There was a guy. That's true. Who asked that question. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant. This has been the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, the Foxborough slash Boston Supercross review. And uh, we're on to Salt Lake. Should be fantastic. Well, Weeds, you're not, but everybody else is. So We got West Coast staff out there. We're good. All right. Thanks, boys. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Miguel was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey,